WABC New York and 1071 WLIR Hampton Bays. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. Yep, that's me. Good morning. It is Monday, January 29th. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Could see some snow showers this morning. Won't amount to anything. Clouds will hang out the rest of the day. The high 43. And then tonight and overnight, some clouds, low 32. Tuesday, a mix of sun and clouds, high 39. If you're walking out the door with us right now, 35 and cloudy in Elmsford up in Westchester County, 37 and raining in New Egypt down in New Jersey. And it is 37 and lightly raining here in Midtown. It was a tough weekend for the U.S. military, three U.S. service members killed, at least a dozen others injured Saturday night. This was at an outpost near the Syrian border. In a statement, the White House said the attack was carried out by radical Iranian-backed militant groups operating in the region. This is all, of course, connected to the mess between Hamas and Israel. At the White House correspondent, Ali Rafa has more. There have been legitimate fears by the president and White House officials of this conflict widening since the war began on October 7th. When uh, that retaliation could come and in what fashion... Yes, yeah, so and now the talk is what kind of retaliation will there be for this attack? Rafa says some in Congress want the U.S. to show its military might in dealing with Iran right away. We've already seen some lawmakers on Capitol Hill uh, call for direct action by the United States inside Iran. So we didn't hear from the president himself. It was just a statement with a warning to Iran. Have no doubt we will hold all responsible to account at a time and manner of our choosing. The president calling it despicable and wholly unjust attack, adding that he and Jill join the nation in grieving the loss of these warriors. It marks the first U.S. troops killed by enemy fire in the Middle East since the start of the Israel-Hamas war. That taking place as the U.S. military presence in Iraq is about to change. U.S. and Iraqi defense officials have held a first round of discussions working toward a timeline to decrease foreign involvement in the region. There are still around 2,500 U.S. soldiers currently deployed as part of a coalition to help guard Iraq against ISIS. That began in 2014. Since ISIS lost its hold on Iraq, officials have since called for the withdrawal of coalition forces, especially after a U.S. airstrike in January of 2020 that killed Iranian top commander Qasem Soleimani. The U.S. has started the formation of a committee that will negotiate the terms of the end of the mission. I'm Scott Carr in Washington. All right, let's bring it back home. Tough weekend in Plainfield, New Jersey, where a firefighter died in a house fire. Mayor Adrian Mapp identifying this firefighter, 30-year-old Marquise Hudson. He's a dad of three, a Plainfield native, responding to this fire at a two-family home on Emerson Avenue. That he either fell through the floor or fell down the stairs, and we don't know the circumstances at this time. He was pronounced dead at a hospital. Three other firefighters suffered non-life-threatening uh, injuries. Map says Marquise served the department for less than two years. The mayor says this is the first line of duty death involving a firefighter in actually the city's history. There was a May Day that went out, and once that happened, um, four firefighters went in and got him out within anywhere from two to four minutes. The firefighter I swore in less than two years ago. He was 32 years of age. 
He has a family. I believe he has three kids. But this is the first in line of duty death to have occurred in the line of duty while fighting a fire. Yeah, and I imagine before the days that we'll have details on a funeral there. Opening statement's going to begin today in the trial of two men accused of killing Run DMC's Jam Master J. 59-year-old Ronald Washington, 40-year-old Carl Jordan, allegedly carried out this 2002 shooting death that happened inside the hip-hop group's recording studio on Merrick Boulevard in Queens in 2002. Prosecutors uh, say the shooting followed this dispute about Jam Master J's advocacy against drugs. The two defendants have pled not guilty. They face at least 20 years in prison. Over the weekend, City Councilman Yusuf Salam, one of the Central Park Five, backed out of a planned NYPD ride along with uh, others after he was stopped by police. Liz Rudabali has the details. The councilman said in a statement that officers did not answer his question of why he was stopped. And when he identified himself as a member of the city council, officers quickly ended the interaction. NYPD released the body cam footage and say that officers acted in a professional and appropriate manner. And I'm Officer Fateke from the 2-6 Precinct. I'm Councilmember Salam. Councilmember? This is District 9. Oh, okay. Uh, Have a good one. The ride-along was meant to show why the How Many Stops Act would put a strain on police. Mayor Adams vetoed the bill. However, city council leaders say they have the votes to overrule the mayor's veto. I'm Liz Radabali for WABC News. Watching this over the weekend as activists splattered the glass that covers the Mona Lisa painting with soup at the Louvre in Paris. This was yesterday. They were protesters upset about food insecurity in France. So these two women walk up to the Mona Lisa, of course, you know, the highlight of going to the museum. They pull out thermoses. I'm not sure if they were Stanley thermoses, but they pull out these thermoses about 10 a.m. and they start throwing soup. It looked like uh, tomato soup. I'm not sure about that. Onto the bulletproof glass that covers the blue wall where the painting took place, uh, where the painting sits, rather. This is what it sounded like. Okay. Yeah, it seems like everybody wants to attack the Mona Lisa. The two women identified as a 24-year-old and a 63-year-old cross this uh, protective wooden railing. If you've seen the painting, they kind of keep you far away. And then they threw the soup. Uh, security's all over the place because these kinds of protests have happened in front of the Mona Lisa before, and they arrested these two who, again, were there to protest food insecurity by throwing good soup that somebody could be drinking onto the Mona Lisa. WABC News Time 508. Let's go overseas. Mideast, Israel, Hamas war. The head of the major global charity organization calling the amount of aid that's getting into Gaza, uh, Gaza rather, woefully inadequate. We're looking at about 130, 150 trucks getting in a day on a good day. That's the CEO of Save the Children. She says she spent time at the Rafa crossing during her recent 10-day visit to the region. She says there were hundreds and hundreds of trucks on the Egyptian side waiting to cross into Gaza. She says those trucks before October 7th, those uh, before that massacre in Israel, were allowed in. She says less trucks are being allowed in now. Before October 7th, about 500 trucks made it into Gaza 
every day uh, and a mixture of aid and commercial supplies. That taking place as countries joining the U.S. now and pausing funding for the United Nations agency responsible for Palestinian refugees. Britain, Germany, Italy, Canada and others halted funding after allegations from Israeli authorities that several U.N. Relief and Works Agency staff were involved in Hamas's October 7th attack on Israel. That organization provides aid and services to Palestinians in the Gaza Strip and West Bank. The head of the agency said on Saturday that nine countries have suspended funding, threatening humanitarian work across the region, but especially in the Gaza Strip. I'm Jim Forbes. This is coming as the Israel Defense Forces expected to increase activity northern Gaza in the coming weeks following attempts by Hamas to reestablish themselves there. Israeli Army Radio reporting that the military planning to carry out these raids due to the increased activity. The announcement comes same day as the military's largest regular service armored division exited the Gaza Strip just for some rest and some training, leaving some other divisions to keep on fighting in Hamas. Of course, keep it here, 77 WABC, Sid and Friends in the Morning, live from Jerusalem in about 50 minutes from now. You'll hear more on what's happening in Israel and more about Sid's travels around Jerusalem over the last 24 hours. The U.S. State Department urging caution when visiting the Bahamas now. The department increased its advisory level for travelers heading to the Caribbean. Caribbean country saying violent crimes like armed robberies and sexual assaults occur in tourist and non-tourist areas. Americans are also being advised not to swim in the ocean alone after recent shark attacks. The warnings come after the U.S. Embassy in Nassau posted a security alert expressing concern that Americans could be victims of gang violence in the Bahamas. I'm Brad Siegel. WABC News Time 511. Let's bring it back home. Out to the 2024 campaign for the White House. Former President Trump back on the campaign trail after being hit Friday with an $83 million civil judgment. Trump speaking at a rally in Las Vegas on Saturday ahead of their February Nevada primary where he blamed President Biden for the state of chaos at the border. We have no choice within moments of my inauguration. We will begin the largest domestic deportation operation in America. We have no choice because this is not sustainable. Trump citing the record number of migrant encounters just in December, topping 300,000. Those comments came after he made a post on Truth Social calling the U.S.-Mexico border deal a catastrophe waiting to happen. They say the president that was treated the worst was Abraham Lincoln, but he had the Civil War, you know, so. And I haven't seen the new list, but if I'm not number one over Abraham Lincoln... I will be very disappointed. Okay. Meanwhile, on the campaign trail, Nikki Haley's still out there. Former South Carolina governor says the primary in her home state is not do or die. I need to show that I'm building momentum. I need to show that I'm stronger in South Carolina than New Hampshire. Does that have to be a win? I don't think that necessarily has to be a win. But she acknowledged she needs to do better than she did in New Hampshire primary, but she can still make a strong showing, she says, without actually winning the state. We got to New Hampshire. We needed to do better than that. And we did. We got 43% of the vote. Now we're going into South Carolina. We need to be stronger than what we did in New Hampshire. It seems like all of her fellow South Carolinians have just abandoned her in a big way, including South Carolina Governor Henry McMaster's endorsement of former President Trump over the weekend. There were five uh, candidates. I was far from the nominee. I was the one, I, you know, I ran against a lieutenant governor, an attorney general, a congressman, and a state senator. They did the same thing to me then. I won then. I'm going to win now. 
Uh, another South Carolinian speaking out over the weekend, saying one-time opponent turned supporter of Donald Trump, says the former president represents a return to normalcy. Myself and all the voters that support uh, Donald Trump supports a return to normalcy as it relates to what affects their kitchen table. South Carolina Senator Scott dropped out of the race in November, officially announced his support for Donald Trump at the New Hampshire rally uh, just before the primary there last Tuesday. The perception that the legal system is being weaponized against Donald Trump is actually increasing his poll numbers. Could be true. President Biden, he was out on the campaign trail this weekend. He was in South Carolina over the weekend at the Democratic Party's First in the Nation dinner, where he focused on the choices voters will face come no- next November. If you ever doubt that, the power to change America is in your hands. Remember this. You're the reason I am president. And you're the reason Donald Trump is a defeated former president. And you're the reason we're going to win and beat him again. He says he's bringing back jobs to America, says he helped create over 800,000 new manufacturing jobs in the nation. He also went after Donald Trump for what he says uh, is that he wanted the country to see a crash this year. And he says that's un-American. Folks, I made a commitment to have an administration that looks like America to tap into the full talents of our nation. And I'm proud we have the most diverse administration in the history of America. Because I know, I know our diversity is our strength in America. All right, 515, let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk, which is normally right sitting next to me here in New York City, but now is live from Jerusalem. Good morning, no, Justin I was, I was supposed to do that, Noam. I oh. was supposed to say, I'm live I'm live from Israel. Okay, hold on. Let me do this over okay, here. Okay, yeah, yeah. Good. At 515, let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk. I can't see Justin Ellick, but he's somewhere no. here. Well, that's funny you say that, Noam. I'm actually uh, I'm way across the pond oh. here in the homeland. Israel, Jerusalem, Israel, to be exact. Reporting live with uh, Sydney Ferris today from JNS Studios uh, in Israel. What do you want to say? Oh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we're going to be here uh, for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday from Jerusalem. But for right now, Noam, I got you covered on sports from last night. It was all on the gridiron. Only two remain now after yesterday's conference championship showdowns in the AFC, the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, who for most of this regular season looked more vulnerable than at any time since Patty Mahomes became their starting quarterback in 2018, are going back to the Super Bowl. The Chiefs scored a touchdown on each of their first two possessions and then held on to beat the Baltimore Ravens 17-10, to sending Kansas City to the Super Bowl for the fourth time in the past five years. In Las Vegas, they will take on the San Francisco 49ers, who were installed as two-and-a-half-point favorites late last night following their 34-31 comeback victory over the Detroit Lions in the NFC Championship game. Brandon Ayuk delivered with an improbable catch that helped San Fran's season. Save San Fran's season, I should say. Purdy's 51-yard pass that deflected off a defender's face mask into Ayuk's hands. Helped the Niners rally from 17 points down at halftime to ultimately beat the Detroit Lions and reach the Super Bowl. So now it is officially set up for Super Bowl 58 between the San Francisco 49ers and Kansas City Chiefs. Good for two weeks from yesterday in Las Vegas. On the hardwood in the NBA, no local action yesterday, but the Knicks and Nets returned to the court tonight with the Knicks set to visit the Hornets in Charlotte for a 7 p.m. tip-off in the Nets. Scheduled to uh, welcome in the Utah Jazz half an hour later at 7.30. That's Sports Note, and I'm Justin Ellick, live from Jerusalem Wow. 77. Have you had a place of homeless or... Uh... Uh, you know, Baba Ganoush. Well, or... on the plane. Yeah, oh. on the plane. But, oh, uh, right. You just like... landed, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. I got, I got Hours ago. 7, I went to bed at 7.30 the local time this morning. No. Uh-huh. Uh, so you're feeling a little tired. Is that what you're doing? No, no, no. I'm fine. Oh, I'm okay. fine. Uh-huh. Yeah, I've had my Turkish coffee. 
Okay, good. <laughs> I'm a little jealous. I love I love Turkish coffee, but I guess I can get that here. Who doesn't? Enough. Who doesn't? Yeah. WABC News Time 519. Let's go down to the U.S.-Texas border. A Republican lawmaker involved in negotiations on a bipartisan Senate border bill says a number of senators are making judgments based on Internet rumors and other misinformation. I hear this comment that it waves in 5,000 people at hands out work permits. All those things are not true. Oklahoma Senator James Lankford says he believes the bill will pass. Slankford downplaying any influence of former President Trump, who has called the bill a catastrophe waiting to happen, even though none of the text of the bill has been released. Lankford says he hopes enough Senate Republicans will want to help resolve border issues instead of just doing what he says is Donald Trump's bidding. Do not have a vote count yet on this because everybody's got to be able to read it to be able to go through. But I do feel very positive about it because even the initial feedback has been good. Chris Murphy, Democrat, saying the bipartisan border deal is a good one. The question is is whether Republicans are going to listen to Donald Trump, who wants to preserve chaos at the border because he thinks that it's a winning political issue for him. Meanwhile, two dozen GOP governors backing Texas in their fight with the federal government over border security. Oklahoma Governor Kevin Stitt is one of them. The American people need to ask themselves, why are they directing the Border Patrol to cut razor wire. Texas rolling out even more of that razor wire in the border town of Eagle Pass, which has been just a total hotspot for illegal immigration. White House argues Texas is playing politics rather than protecting Americans. What is the Biden administration doing? Why would they talk about federalizing the Texas Guard? A House Republican also calling Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas the architect of destruction. He says his actions warrant impeachment for what's happened at the U.S.-Mexico border. Eight million encounters, 300 on the terror watch list, 200 million people dead now thanks to fentanyl poisoning. Texas Congressman Michael McCall says Mayorkas is solely responsible for the amount of fentanyl and says the number of people on the terror watch list that have come into the U.S. across the southern border. McCall accusing Mayorkas of a dereliction of duty and what he says is breach of public trust. That is a dereliction of duty and breach of the public trust I I just said that. is sufficient to impeach. Yesterday, House Republicans releasing two articles of impeachment against Mayorkas. 521, oh, this is a grand day. The IRS will begin accepting 2023 tax returns this morning. The agency says it's expecting over 128 million individual tax returns to be filed ahead of the April 15th deadline. This year, the IRS is rolling out several new tools it says will make filing taxes easier. Taxpayers who earn less than 79 grand can also take advantage of IRS free file tax software to file electronically at irs.gov. I'm Dina Kodiak. I guess there's a fair amount of people who file on this first day. It's people who are getting money back. They figure, hey, why isn't why not? CDC warning today healthcare providers across the U.S. to be on alert for measles cases, which are spiking in a bunch of states around the nation. According to the CDC, there have been 23 confirmed cases of measles from December 1st to January 23rd. The federal health agency says there's a quote growing global threat as the uptick in cases in the U.S. reflects a rise in infections globally. In an email, the CDC said health care workers should look out for patients who have any symptoms and immediately isolate those who are suspected of having the viral respiratory illness. I'm Jim Forbes. Somehow this story got buried, so we'll do it here. After nearly three years and 72 flights over the Martian surface, an experimental helicopter has been permanently grounded now. It is bittersweet that I must announce that Ingenuity, the little helicopter that could, 
and it kept saying, I think I can, I think I can. Well, it is now taking its last flight on you, Mars. The photos that it sent back were really incredible. That's NASA administrator, by the way, Bill Nelson. Ingenuity, the first aircraft to make a powered, controlled flight on another planet when it arrived with NASA's Perseverance. This was back in 2021. It was only anticipated to last 30 days and five flights, so it far exceeded NASA's expectations. As it was coming down for landing, at least one of its carbon fiber rotor blades was damaged. We're investigating the possibility that the blade struck the ground. Yes, I think a tiny little helicopter. I mean, this was not like your full-fledged helicopter you see here. The Ingenuity, which flew 40 feet into the Martian air, snapped astonishing landscape photos that we all got to see back here. The head of the FBI warning about a rising trend of crime committed by kids. Speaking in Dallas, Christopher Ray says that something's got to be done so serious offenders are not turned loose as soon as they tune, uh, turn 19 years old. Repeat violent offenders need to be held accountable, even if they're juveniles. And this is what's happening. He says the FBI is aware of recent incidents of kids who've been radicalized by online videos. And he says there's been instances where the FBI was able to stop a juvenile just before they carried out some sort of evil plan. That means all of us working with our prosecutorial counterparts to try to figure out how we can do that. And the FBI director says that gangs often recruit kids to carry out their dirty work because they know they'll be set free. At age 18, he says those days got to end as well. The laws, including federal laws, are not particularly well suited for dealing with juvenile crime. Yeah, so he says lots of states have to change the way they handle juveniles and when they let them free. Construction on the new Buffalo Bill Stadium hitting a major milestone over the weekend after months of digging what locals refer to as the pit. Governor Hochul says they're ready for the next step in the building of the new Highmark Stadium, putting in a structural steel. That's going to begin today. And my dad and my grandpa worked at the Bethlehem Steel Plant, for, so for me to be able to be here as governor of New York and to sign the steel beam that is going to be part of history, all of you should be so very, very proud of that. So about 800 union laborers are going to be at the stadium today. As a Buffalo Bills fan and the governor of the great state of New York, I had one major priority I had to take care of, to make sure that the Buffalo Bills stay in Buffalo. And to do that, we had to build a new stadium. All right, so that new stadium being built. 525 out to Hollywood where Jay Leno now filing for conservatorship over his wife, Mavis. The comedian filed legal documents on Friday to become conservator of his wife, who has been diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease. TMZ reports her diagnosis is the basis of the conservatorship. The two have been together for decades after meeting in the 1970s and tying the knot in 1980. I'm Brooks Walker, yes, NBC News Radio. Oh, sorry there. Uh, sad news, right, to hear that she has Alzheimer's. Mean Girls topping the weekend box office for the third week in a row. The musical comedy looks to make over $6 million, making it the lowest grossing number one release since Top Gun Maverick returned to the top spot in its 15th weekend of release. The Beekeeper, Wonka, Anyone But You, and Migration took the other spots in the top five. Theater traffic is slowing down as January comes to an end, but recent Oscar nominations are benefiting films like American Fiction and Poor Things. I'm Jim Ford. Talk Radio 77. WABC. 
It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. Yep, that's me, 532. Good morning. It is Monday, January 29th. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Could see some snow showers this morning. It won't amount to anything. Then clouds going to hang out the rest of the day. The high 43. Tonight and overnight, some clouds low 32. And then Tuesday, we may even see some peaks of sunshine, which has been a while. Sun and clouds, high 39. If you are walking out the door with us right now, so happy you are. 35 cloudy in Elmsford up in Westchester County. 37 and raining in New Egypt down in New Jersey. And it is 37 light rain here in Midtown. So much to get to in this final half hour. We'll start right here in Manhattan where a lot of people are talking about this story over the weekend. New York's American Museum of Natural History, that great museum on the Upper West Side, closing two halls over the weekend that feature Native American objects. They say they're acknowledging the exhibits are severely outdated and contain what they say are culturally sensitive items. The Mammoth Complex, which is, of course, from Central Park on Manhattan's Upper West Side, is the latest U.S. institution to cover up or remove Native American exhibits to comply with this recently revamped federal regulation dealing with the display of indigenous human remains and cultural items. So it was back in October that the museum said it would pull all of these human remains from public display with the aim of eventually giving them back to Native American tribes and, they say, other rightful owners. Well, there's a lot of people showing up at the museum over the weekend who say they were coming there to see, among the other displays, this one as well, and were surprised to see that they were empty or covered up by curtains. To preserve the culture, I think if it's to preserve the culture of indigenous communities of people and to be respectful of what their rights are, I think that the museum is doing right by its indigenous populations. Sean Decatur is the museum's president. He said in a letter to staff over the weekend that the latest move reflects what he says is the growing urgency among museums to change their relationships with tribes and how they exhibit indigenous culture. What are people complaining about it? How many Native Americans have complained about what was in there? Well, she asked a good question there. That was one of the tourists who was at the museum over the weekend. Shannon um, Olanhan, who's head of the Association of American Indian Affairs, a national group that has long called for museums to comply with the federal requirements, welcomed the development on the part of the Museum of Natural History to remove these items. And there were people who showed up hoping to see them who said they kind of understood why they were taken down as well. Look, I'm all for going in the right direction, but I would be more intrigued if we changed policy and legislation. So if you walk through the museum today, you'll see some empty displays or other ones that are covered up by curtains. 535. Are you one of these people who has bought things off of Facebook Marketplace? I've bought some items when I was trying to outfit my oldest kid's apartment when he moved to Philadelphia. I was like, you don't need to buy these items new. So I went onto Facebook Marketplace and I bought them, you know, coffee machines, stuff like that. And um, I knew better than to meet at someone's house to get these items. That's always a bad move, or at least in my estimation it is, because I see too many people. Bad things happen when you do that. So uh, I met these 
people out in the middle of the street, like a busy street. And I think they were happy to meet me there as well because you just don't know what you're up against. So over the weekend, this Massapequa man uh, had arranged to meet a buyer. He was selling a Rolex watch that was uh, 8000 bucks. And this guy had written to him and said, I want the watch over Facebook Marketplace. And he said the guy seemed legit. It was all very legitimate until it wasn't. And I listed the thing and I got an immediate response and the guy negotiated, which they never do if they're not, if they're scammers. Um, he, he had negotiated and I thought I had a real, um, a real deal here. That's Steve Morrow who said, told the guy who wanted to buy his Rolex watch for $8,000 to show up at his house. And even when he did, there was a couple red flags. One of them was is the guy who wanted the Rolex watch said, come out to my car. And he gave him the watch. And then he went to the car to get the money. And the guy had locked his doors. He tried to open one door. It went open. Then he tried to open the other door. It went open. And then he jumped onto the hood of the car to try and stop this guy from taking his $8,000 Rolex watch. He's like, oh, hop in the passenger. He said it so nonchalant. And I was immediately like, Oh, uh-uh. I opened it. He then tried to close it, and then while he put the car in reverse. So that's what threw me to the ground. I picked myself up, jumped on the hood, and then he took me for a ride and threw, you know, I was tossed on my front lawn. He's lucky he is alive. I was watching the video of this, their surveillance video from a camera nearby the house. I mean, he goes flying off the hood as he tries to get this car to stop. There was a police officer coming by in Massapequa who chased this guy, but they weren't able to find him. So now uh, Moro was going to think twice about selling items from his own house, which is probably not a bad idea. Large items like this, I, I probably wouldn't do it out of my house. Yeah. So I've done this 50 times where someone, they even they come in, I sell something for 40 bucks, mm -hmm. and there's never been an issue. Mm -hmm. But uh, something more expensive, I should have been way more, you know, on, on guard. Yeah, Meet at a busy place, a restaurant, or store. That's probably the safest thing to do. WABC News Time 540. Let's go out to New Jersey. More than a dozen families displaced by a partial building collapse Sunday morning in Passaic County. Residents who claim it may have been the result of years of neglect of this apartment building. Gaping holes found in the back patio all around the side of the building uh, in Hawthorne at the Hawthorne Garden Apartment Complex. This woman says all of a sudden she heard these loud noises. It was about 8.30 yesterday morning, and she knew something was wrong. I was just getting out of bed, and I heard this loud, loud banging, rattling. I went towards the back of my door, and I couldn't get out. And I noticed that the molding was separated, and my door was separated. Yes, yeah, so the door, the first floor, had collapsed into the basement. Isn't that lovely? She lives with her 95-year-old mother. Thank God firefighters raced to the scene. They were able to get her and her mother, some pets out of that apartment. Okay. They were helped, uh, either, uh, able to help other people in this building as well. Hawthorne Fire Department officials say nobody, nobody hurt. The foundation wall underneath the building has collapsed into the basement, which is now dragging the first floor into the basement. But the collapse was so intense, it crushed all nine boilers in the basement. They supply heat and gas to about 30 apartments in this complex. I just grabbed as much stuff out as possible. I still have a lot of personal belongings in there. That's another resident who's not clear when they'll be able to get back into the building. The real question might be if they'll ever 
ever be able to get back into this building. It's kind of a mess. The landlord of the complex, we reached out to him for comment, did not hear back. Red Cross set up a resource center at Hawthorne's Firehouse nearby to help these people find places to live, hopefully with the intent of maybe going back home. But um, looking at that building this morning does not look good. Out to Brooklyn at 541, a 14-year-old boy killed in Brooklyn over the weekend following just a terrifying chain reaction crash. It involved three cars. Kristen uh, Antone's family uh, unfortunately had to take a look at the surveillance video. What happened was he was crossing the street coming back from running an errand. He was just two blocks from home when this crash took place in front of him. One of the cars, a Mercedes, spun out and ran and hit him, and that's when he was killed. It's not real. It's, I just feel like it's not real. Yeah, that's his sister, the entire family, as you might guess, just in complete shock. This happened intersection of East 81st Street and Glenwood Road. Antoine was walking back from running an errand, was two blocks from home when the Mercedes collided with another car. Accident investigators believe the Mercedes then spun out and fatally struck the eighth grader. Officials say the uh, 45-year-old behind the wheel of that Mercedes arrested now because he was driving without a license. Uh, the family said if this guy had just been going a little bit slower... Their brother, their son, he'd still be alive today. He was just more careful, just going at a normal speed. My little brother would still be alive. He was two minutes away from home. Two minutes away. Yeah, just awful. Uh, Antoine loved to cook, bake for others, was thinking about working in the medical field, often talked about taking care of his family when he got older. I will always remember him as my little teddy bear, my little best friend. He was the light of the family. Yeah, so so far, just that one arrest of the driver of the Mercedes for not having a license. Five uh, forty-three. Let's go out to Long Island. Cops on Long Island asking for your help locating a missing eighty-one-year-old man who suffers from Alzheimer's. James Thomas Lee, who goes by the name Robert, has been missing since last Wednesday. The discovery made. After a family member visited the home on North Seed Road in Southampton, where they found the front door open and the stove on. The family reaching out, asking us to help find uh, this 81-year-old. He's got a heart issue as well. Um, You know, a couple other ailments that, you know, life-threatening. So we're just concerned. So the good news is police and county officials, they're all involved in the search for him. Police say Lee has a slim build, a salt and pepper beard. He wears glasses, usually a baseball cap with the word native on it. Maybe you're listening to us out on WLIR uh, in the Hamptons. And uh, maybe you see him. If you do, of course, walk in the streets, give cops a holler. We don't know what he's wearing. If he's prepared for the elements, he has medication that um, hasn't been taken. It's, it's still here. Um, so now we're concerned about his physical and mental well-being. Family members say Lee was last seen by a neighbor on Tuesday afternoon. Of course, anybody with information urged to contact the Southampton Town Police Department with the details. 545, let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk where we find Justin Ellick. Thank you, Noam Levin. We begin on the gridiron. We're only two remain now after yesterday's conference championship showdowns in the AFC. The Kansas City Chiefs, who for most of this regular season looked more vulnerable 
than at any time since Patty Mahomes became their starting quarterback in 2018. They're going back to the Super Bowl. The Chiefs scored a touchdown on each of their first two possessions and then held on to beat the Baltimore Ravens 17-10, to sending KC to the Super Bowl for the fourth time in the past five years. Both, that game Columbus. was awful. Did you watch yeah. any of that? Yeah, they, they both teams played terrible. Was... I mean, I was in and out of a, of a terrible stream on the airplane, but... Um... Oh, yeah, I mean, uh, Lamar Jackson just did not live up to the uh, to the hero persona that uh, most of America really really wanted, wanted him to uh, no. engulf. You know, I mean, you know, it, it's tough. It's it's as a football fan. I mean, who really wants to see the, the Chiefs back in the Super Bowl? And I mean, the Ravens, uh, there was like five unsportsmanlike uh, conduct penalties. Against yeah, oh, them. they did not have any discipline. Whatsoever. They killed themselves. There was a bunch yeah. of times where it was third down and long, and and mm-hmm. the ball was going to be theirs, and they smacked around Mahomes or. Yeah. Yeah, and taunt, like t- taunting when you're down two scores. I mean, yeah. what are you doing? You're yeah. down two touchdowns. You know, you get a big gain. It's a big play. Put the ball down. Get up and let's get to the line of scrimmage. Yeah. What are we doing here? So, but he's a rookie, Zay Flowers. He made uh, some costly mistakes last night. But Lamar Jackson just did not uh, play up to his MVP type level. No, so he's going to win them that game out in Las Vegas. No, oh, hold on, hold on. Okay, yeah. How about um, am I on right now? Yeah, you're on. How about giving the Kansas City Chief defense some credit? Okay, you just did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But those third downs, they had them. And then unsportsmanlike yeah. contact, unsportsmanlike right. contact, one after another. Right, roughing the passer, blah, 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 whatever it is. So, you know, you got to uh, you got to have a head on in those moments, and they did. On Las Vegas, uh, they'll take on the San Francisco 49ers, Gnome, who were installed as two-and-a-half-point favorites late last night, following their 34-31 comeback victory over the Detroit Lions in the NFC Championship game. Brandon Ayuk delivered with an improbable catch. That helped save San Francisco's season. Purdy's 51-yard pass that deflected off a defender's face mask into Ayuk's hands helped the Niners rally from 17 points down at halftime to ultimately beat the Detroit Lions and reach the Super Bowl. So now it is uh, set up officially for Super Bowl 58 between the San Fran 49ers and the Kansas City Chiefs. Good for two weeks from yesterday in Las Vegas. On the hardwood in the NBA, no local action yesterday, but the Knicks and Nets return to the court tonight with the Knicks set to visit the Hornets in Charlotte for a 7 p.m. tip-off of the Nets. Scheduled to welcome to the Utah Jazz half an hour later at 7.30. That's Sports Note, and I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. Let's catch you up on some of the big stories of the day. Unfortunately, uh, some of it tragic. Three U.S. service members killed, at least two dozen others injured. Injured over the weekend, Saturday night. This was an outpost near the Syrian border. In a statement, the White House saying the attack was carried out by radical Iranian-backed militant groups operating in the region. At the White House, correspondent Ali Rafa. There have been legitimate fears by the president and White House officials of this conflict widening since the war began on October 7th. When uh, that retaliation could come and in what fashion... Yes, yeah, so Rafa says some in Congress want the U.S. to show its military might right away in dealing with Iran. We've already seen some lawmakers on Capitol Hill uh, call for direct action by the United States inside Iran. Have no doubt we will hold all responsible to account at a time and manner of our choosing. That was the president's statement. The president calling it a despicable and wholly unjust attack, adding that he and Jill join the nation in grieving the loss of these warriors. It marks the first U.S. troops killed by enemy fire in the Middle East since the start of the Israel-Hamas war. That taking place as the U.S. military presence in Iraq is about to change. U.S. and Iraqi defense officials have held a first round of discussions working toward a timeline to decrease foreign involvement in the region. There are still around 2,500 U.S. soldiers currently deployed as part of a coalition to help guard Iraq against ISIS. That began in 
2014, since ISIS lost its hold on Iraq, officials have since called for the withdrawal of coalition forces, especially after a U.S. airstrike in January of 2020 that killed Iranian top commander Qasem Soleimani. The U.S. has started the formation of a committee that will negotiate the terms of the end of the mission. I'm Scott Carr in Washington. All right, let's bring it back home out to Plainfield, New Jersey. Just a tragic weekend there, a firefighter dead in a house fire. Mayor Adrian Mapp identifying the firefighters, 32-year-old Marquise Hudson. He's a dad of three, a Plainfield native, responding to this house fire, two-family home on Emerson Avenue. That he either fell through the floor or fell down the stairs, and we don't know the circumstances at this time. He was pronounced dead at the hospital. Three other firefighters suffered non-life-threatening injuries. Map says Marquise served the department just for less than two years. First line of duty death involving a firefighter in Plainfield's history. There was a May Day that went out, and once that happened, um, four firefighters went in and got him out within anywhere from two to four minutes. The firefighter I swore in... Less than two years ago, he was 32 years of age. He had a family. I believe he has three kids. Well, this is the first in line of duty death to have occurred in the line of duty while fighting a fire. And now we're waiting for funeral arrangements to be announced. Activists splattering the glass that covers the Mona Lisa painting with soup at the Louvre in Paris yesterday. They were food insecurity activists. These are people who say food's not getting to the hungry in places like France. So then they take food that could go to the people who are hungry. In fact, looked like pretty decent soup, maybe tomato soup. And they splash it on the famous Leonardo da Vinci uh, painting. This was about 10 a.m. yesterday. A video posted online by the group shows streaks and splashes of orange soup on this bulletproof glass. If you've ever gone to see the Mona Lisa, it's behind all kinds of glass. And, of course, always the shocking part for tourists is how small it is. At least for me, it was. This is what it sounded like as these activists wasted good soup. These were food insecurity activists wasting good soup on the Mona Lisa. Now, this is not the first attack on the Mona Lisa. Other people have tried to attack it in the past. So there's security right there who tackled these two, a 24 and a 63-year-old. Let's move on over to the Middle East where it continues to be a mess there. The head of a major global charity organization calling the amount of aid that's getting into Gaza woefully inadequate today. We're looking at about 130, 150 trucks getting in a day on a good day. This leader of the group Save the Children, she says she spent time at the Rafa crossing during a 10-day visit to the region. She says there were hundreds and hundreds of trucks on the Egyptian side crossing waiting to get into Gaza. She says prior to October 7th, those trucks were getting in in a more free way. But, of course, now there's a war going on there. Before October 7th, about 500 trucks made it into Gaza every day and a mixture of aid and commercial supplies yeah but of course now there's a war going on there so let's point that out meanwhile countries joining the u.s and pausing funding for the united nations agency that's responsible for palestinian refugees britain germany italy canada and others halted funding after allegations from israeli authorities that several u.n relief and works agency staff were involved in hamas's october 7th attack on israel 
That organization provides aid and services to Palestinians in the Gaza Strip and West Bank. The head of the agency said on Saturday that nine countries have suspended funding, threatening humanitarian work across the region, but especially in the Gaza Strip. I'm Jim Forbes. 555, let's bring it back home out to Long Island. A rally held on Long Island for an American hostage being held in Gaza. The parents of American hostage Omer Nutra calling for the release of their child and all the hostages in Gaza who are being held captive by Hamas. Here are her parents, uh, his parents, speaking out yesterday. We know you are whole. Be strong. We love you very much. And we know we will be together again soon. Sunday's rally part of a nationwide Run for Their Lives initiative, which is designed to give hostages being held in Gaza a voice. Of course, coming up just moments from now, live from Jerusalem, sit-in friends in the morning. I'm sure they'll have a lot more to say about that story. The NYPD releasing body cam video of an officer pulling over New York City Councilman Yusuf Salam, one of the exonerated members of the Central Park Five. The stop happened Friday night in Harlem and ended after Salam identified himself as a city councilman. And we have the body cam footage. Here's what it sounded like as Salam was pulled over and the officer walked over to his car. Roll your back window, please. Hello, I'm Officer Fontaka from the 26 Precinct. I'm Council Member Salam. Oh, um, Council Member? This district, District 9. Oh, okay. Have a good one. Yeah, you're, you're working, right? Yeah, All right, take care, sir. It seemed like a very polite police stop to me. Salam identified himself as a city council member. They let him go. He had been pulled over because his windows had dark tints, which are a violation of state law. Mayor Adams says he watched the body cam footage and says uh, everything looked kosher to him. Car stop is, is, is stressful for the police officer and it's stressful for the people who are being stopped. And I think that, you know, he is able to see the video. and We, we, we spoke. And again, I'm excited about him being a public safety chair. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.